inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Outlook. Radio Western. On Wednesday, don't leave your house. Yeah, apparently not. I don't <laughs> well, know if that's going to be the case. I Luckily, it's only Monday. so I might have to leave my house Wednesday. <laughs> um, People do have lives to li- live, but yeah. that was the advice from the news, so I thought I'd start with that, which it is cold, but the weather keeps sort of yo-yoing. Yeah, it's not really good, this sort of drastic changing of <sighs> temperatures. I kind of wish it would just stay cold or you know, <laughs> it is winter now. So. Lots of people are escaping the cold um, this Monday morning back on another episode of Outlook. Uh, give a shout out to some family of ours who are heading south to warmer climate right now. Well, today. So anyone who gets to do that, lucky them. Yeah, so we're not though. We're no. stuck here in London, which it's okay. It's the winter. I I don't know. There are mind worse it, places to be, and it's our last show of January, which you know mm-hmm. it's a nice long month here. So we have one more show in this. Yeah, lucky listeners month. for that. So, so yeah, we're wrapping we get up one more episode in this month with us. We're wrapping up National Braille Literacy Month, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously every month is. Braille month for us. We're using Braille displays, electronic readers right now to um, run the show and all that. So it's always Braille month for us, but we like to highlight these things. And uh, Braille should get an extra week or so, in my opinion. But that will lead next week right into um, White Cane Week. Right? That's what you said? Yeah, I believe it's it's White Cane Week. I'm not um sure on the official dates of that, but I, I know it is next week. Yeah. So next Monday, we'll probably talk specifically about cane travel and mobility and, you know, stuff we've touched on before, but maybe in more, specifically in more detail. Specifically talk about canes. Specifically but... canes versus guide dogs. Yeah. But that's how we get into this studio and this, this building every time with our canes. It would be a lot slower going if we didn't have those. <laughs> so, so that's next week, February. But um, in the meantime... Yeah, so maybe, what do we want to talk about first? Because we have, we finished last week's show discussing this uh, Bird Box challenge in that yeah, movie. Yeah, I had planned that that would sort of be what we talk about. And then we got sort of sidetracked with the article about um, half of Americans or nearly half uncomfortable with people who are blind. The article in... Um, yeah, no, that was a really Perkins. interesting article. Yeah, a lot of people were sharing that. So. A lot to discuss about that article last week. But it can lead into a whole other uh, issue of sort of feeling invisible or like we don't, we're not thought of. Uh, I just thought I'd bring up a quick accessibility issue here. Um, now, Which relates to Braille as well, right? It does, yeah. Uh, I'm bringing up because I think it's important that a school um, be as accessible as possible, which should include um, Braille or tactile markers on the washroom doors. And... Uh, so I've never used the washroom here yet so far until today. And you've always, so you were shown where it was um, back when you first learned sort of the, the yeah, layout of this had, building. Yeah, when I had a, a mobility lesson when I started this, 
my radio show um, a year and a half ago of this area, and my instructor showed me where the washroom it's was. But good I, you to know, know where that is. it's yeah, it's nice and convenient, and it's right above up at the top of the stairs when I come up here to the station. So mine is easy to find now that I know where it is. But if I hadn't had that instructor, um, it would be tricky because there are two washrooms, obviously, and there are no Braille labels on the, these washrooms. Um, these days, most washrooms I find do. Yes. It's kind of like, it's okay. like elevators almost. Like most yeah. times they, there is Braille in elevators and there is Braille on washroom doors. So now, I don't know how it all officially works. This building's a bit older and the doors with their signs feel a little bit more worn. Um, but out there at all, the Western, <laughs> Western world, sounds funny, but Western <laughs> university <laughs> world. Uh, I don't know if there are any other blind or visually impaired students out there who attend this university. Um, I don't. I assume it's like that on all bathroom doors throughout. Yeah, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know that for sure. There's know. a chance. Some. I think some of the other places some might of them have are, braille. If there are newer buildings, yeah, different or... buildings, right? Because I went to school at at Fanshawe, and there was braille on the washrooms there. Was there? Um, oh, so I'm. I, Come on, unfortunately, Western. we don't have the facts. We haven't toured around the whole Western campus checking no. washrooms or anything. And I, um, since we don't go to school, have to here. look into who to contact. But yeah. funny, funnily enough, I. Uh, so yeah, so you went into your washroom and uh, like good luck. <laughs> Hope you find it. Uh, it's basically knowledge, um, common knowledge that if the there's one washroom there, then the other one will be nearby. So I just sort of followed the wall. And I came across another door that felt similar, and I assumed it was the woman's washroom, but I was sort of prepared to be like, well, I guess maybe I'll just hold it. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't have. It's silly. I should have just went for it. But I was about to walk off or maybe wait and see if I could find someone to ask when a, a girl came out of it, and she um, she let me know it was the woman's washroom, and so that was good. Yeah. <laughs> but um, actually, when I was finished in there, I, I was at the sink, and you all of a sudden my phone rings. Because uh, you're, I guess, wanting to see where I am, make sure I'm not wandering around somewhere. And I'm at the sink trying to wash my hands with this phone ringing, and the lady comes out of the stall beside me, and she says, that's the Downton Abbey ring. That's my phone ring, the theme from Downton Abbey. Uh, so we had started our little conversation, and then she asked me if I needed any assistance. And I said, well, no, I found everything I needed in here, and I, I'm okay. But I, I said, it's just, it would be helpful if the doors were labeled. And she was like, oh, yeah, you're right. So I guess I asked if she worked here, and she does. So she said something about mentioning it to the um, secretary or receptionist. I'm not sure where that would be, of the building or something. Anyway, it's something to look into, and I just thought this is the place to talk about it. You know, it's not, you know, I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but it's in 2019, it really should be a thing. But if, if there's nobody checking up on these things and there's no demand asking for it, then I guess... Yeah, and it depends, up. right? If it's if it's just one washroom that somehow is a, this is a different building and it just didn't mm -hmm. get labeled and other ones did, then maybe it just hasn't come up. But it's like all these accessibility things that are... There's updates you know, over the years and, you know, as things get re redone or whatever, but sometimes these things get overlooked. Yeah, and it's, it's again... The, but it, it is, I, I believe it's a standard thing. I mean, I could even read tactile writing, like there's engraved wording and stuff which I used to see print so I could read that but that would still probably not be acceptable for um, blind people who only read braille I think nowadays you need because obviously sometimes there's indented symbols like the woman in a skirt type thing um, I used to be able to see and you can make tactile versions of that and the word women's but braille really should be on the doors yeah absolutely and there's there's always things like that um, accessibility things like uh, 
announcements on the buses that you know they have it's it's like one of these times things where they have it so you get your hopes up but then there's always places where it's not working like yeah, sometimes just... the bus annou- announcements are down or quiet or they aren't they aren't in sync with the system it's the same same with some automated street lights mm-hmm. we we've, we've learned proper mobility um, skills to cross yeah, streets we, and listen to traffic patterns a, a but those those automated signals are helpful especially on a really busy intersection where there's a lot of turning traffic to know that you still have to wait until the turning traffic's done and it's time to go. So you you do I well at least I do depend on some of those automated s- systems. And then sometimes you sh- you go get to a traffic light and it has the automated button, but you press it and it's not working. The button doesn't press in, and you know that it's broken. So there's little things like that that they have in- installed, but you need to report them, and it's kind of our <laughs> our responsibility to be doing that. Because it's hard. I mean it. It should be the community and the city and, you know, the the, the building, the space is it, sh- it should be part of their mandate that they do these things. But yet these things fall through the cracks. And then we are the ones who um, obviously discover them when they're not in existence or whatever. And so then it's finding the right p- people to report it to and all that stuff. But you just got to be uh, flexible in life because it's not always going to just the answers aren't going to always just appear right there in front of you. Yeah. And I mean. It's ideal to be able to figure it all out on your own, but luckily there are always people to ask for help if if things aren't, mm-hmm. you know, if a bathroom isn't labeled and you you don't want to just walk into the wrong washroom, you know, you but it happens. You have to just sometimes wait, people. and it's inconvenient to have to wait. But I guess it might even happen to some sided people who are just not paying attention. They're in a hurry, such and such. They don't look at the door properly, and all of a sudden, wait, I'm in the wrong washroom. I have heard that happening. <laughs> so things like that are. Just the way it goes. Anyway, other than that, um, I just thought it was funny. Something happened to me the other day, Bri, that I thought was kind of funny. It's kind of like kids say the darnest things. Um, So our nephew, so we were in a car, me and my mom and my nephew the other day, the other night, and uh, they were dropping me off at home. And I, so he's six. And I, so you always wonder what age these kids start to really grasp that, you know, Growing up with blind aunt and uncle, you, your parents and, you know, everybody sort of tells you, repeats it, um, and you wonder what age the kid actually grasps it, and they just have to experience it enough and let it sink in. So he's six, and he's starting to really understand it. So mm-hmm. so I got out of the car the other night, and it was snowing, and he was, he was just like, be careful, Auntie Carrie. And I said, okay, I will. Yeah. He's like, because be remember, you're blind. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know. I wasn't. I was wondering kind of where he was at with that because I, me living in London, I don't see him as much as you do. So I didn't know if if he was still at the point where he didn't really understand at all, or if he was starting to come come along and understand that. I mean, to the to the most that he could, but the fact that he identified that you're blind, you know. Yeah, there. I mean, our older niece is is definitely got it. Uh, she's in third grade and. So, yeah, they're getting it. He's getting it. He really does get it. It's just, yeah, at this point. Yeah. It's funny the, the, ways, in the ways he brings it up and what he, how he thinks my life must be or something. <laughs> it's like you kind of do forget, I guess. You don't think about it. Uh, I just thought he was telling me to watch it for the snow. But mm-hmm. either way, that was sweet. Yeah, no, for sure. That's <laughs> it's nice of him to consider that. And again, it's one of those things that y- he is still pretty young. So by the time he really does start to 
remember things and you know get a bit older he's it's just going to be natural to him that you were blind i yeah. mean he'll still think about it and have his own he'll have questions or thoughts comments. on it and stuff but it won't be like unnatural or different you know mm-hmm. it's kind of just the way you it's always been and he's just kind of getting to understand that now but funnily enough after that um our niece who's turning two next month she started doing fist bumps and high fives and first of all she doesn't talk a lot yet so it's like I'm told she does them and put your hand out and I start have to remember she's sh- very short and you have to put your hand down not up to get the high five so we did that a few ni- uh, times the other night and I was just thinking about it. it's like sh- if she walks up to me trying to get my attention to do that I won't be able to see that she's doing that if she doesn't you know and that's always a common discussion we have with blindness and stuff is is high fives and fist bumps and handshakes and you know it's it's one of those things Waves. not being able to see you don't you I don't, don't know how to wave properly I do the queen wave or the <laughs> yeah that's another one is waving I I tried it recently and people, someone's like that's not the, like the normal way that you wave and it's no. one of those things that you don't see it happening and you know you you can't really get a feel for how natural it is and sometimes when I try I exaggerate things because I yeah, you know you go to you, you overcompensate too, for yeah, something that you too broad with it yeah and that's just from not seeing other people do it all your life. But um, so that's her thing, and it's cute. And I did do a, a high five with her, but uh, she has this thing. So there's this kids movie she likes. I guess they redo songs that are a popular songs. So the one that um, Elton John's "I'm I'm Still Standing." So a little more of an auditory thing we can do with each other. Um, she'll uh, I'll say, all I'll have to do is go, "I'm still standing," and she'll go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is so funny. Yeah, you, you're working together with her. Yeah, on something. She's learning to talk, but yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, it's easy to say, and it, but you can tell she gets it. She grasps it, and she likes to sing. So, so that's fun. You should try it sometime, Brad. <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> anyway, um, and then just quickly, sort of on the well, just sort of on the braille thing. I don't know if we mentioned it before, but our our older niece was getting into braille a bit um we yeah, showed her i think, her. I think that's you, how we started the yeah month. i think you mentioned that she um she brailled christmas cards with the slate and stylus um and she that my brought brother it to her teacher they have in toronto there where my brother lives mm-hmm. um so that you know it's nice to see uh someone who's sighted who's who's um you know eight years old is sort of grasping the idea of braille and what it is and it's just something that most kids wouldn't be exposed to, but it's just sort of a neat... It's the kind of thing you think that there should be a unit in in, in every s- curriculum for kids, um, just to show diversity yeah, obviously and stuff, it's, uh, but there's so much to teach yeah, kids. Yeah, it's tough to cover everything, and obviously <laughs> it's not something like useful that everyone would use, but it's just no, kind of... It's just good to know about. I think sort of a perception people, some people might have about Braille is that it's kind of like a different language or something, and or they have a sort of a different opinion, like... Cause, it's like alien speak. Because each letter is a combination of of dots, so it's not it's not like each letter looks like the print letter, but they no. still all represent letters. It's not like a totally different code. Or I something. don't know it's, any other languages. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so it's funny how these shows sort of go on there, take their own courses. But uh, I just thought we would talk about Bird Box. Now, I really, again, I don't want to be responsible for the spoiler thing. Um, I watched it last weekend, and then you. I mentioned. I watched it this morning. 
until this morning because you were up at five. I got up at five a.m. Awesome! It is long. It's a pretty long movie, isn't it? Like two hours. Yeah, two hours and five minutes or something. Anyway, um, I just want. I just thought I'd bring it up because first of all, all I kept hearing in the on these blindness discussion groups on Facebook and stuff was oh the bird box challenge and yeah see I had heard this and I didn't even really remember the I didn't even really know that there was a film at first I was just like what are they talking about what is that but then yeah I heard about my dad's doing the same thing what's this bird box thing she keeps talking about so yeah it's it's available on Netflix so most younger most people have Netflix Uh, our parents don't exactly have it but um (laughs) so it's Sandra Bullock movie on Netflix and it's in audio, has audio description. That's the best part. Like a of lot it. of things on Netflix, and I turned it on and I thought, well, I should watch it, but I didn't. I didn't know for certain there'd be audio description. But anything new that's produced on Netflix has audio description now, so that's great. Yeah, I mean, we've we've talked about that with movie theaters, how it's they've come a long way, and most a lot of theaters do, but not all of them have description yet. Whereas it does seem like services like Netflix, especially all new content that's added. They generally have descriptive video, which is which is well, great. That's why we need to keep talking about these things because we need to make just keep speaking and make it make these things these you know places that it should appear aware that it's a it's necessary for 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 if you want more viewers, then you should have that. It's just like having you know the subtitles in the other languages and stuff. So that was nice because it's a horror movie. I guess they call it horror that um, has a lot of parts that would have been hard to follow. Yeah, it's a tough one. There there was quite a bit of dialogue, a lot of dialogue. in it. You, um, you would follow the... So you get the gist of it and mm-hmm. what I've done in the past for certain shows um, with, I think it was Breaking Bad I watched and I didn't have description for it. So I would... This I'd, is clever. I'd watch the episode and then I'd read, there's a actual wiki uh, specific to that show where it goes in like full detailed description plot of each episode. Mm-hmm. So I would read that the description after to make sure I what I've missed, I could catch up visual, on. Or if it was ever in the middle of the episode and I was like, oh, I'm kind of lost as to what's happening, yeah. I'd read up into that point in the article. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, there's workarounds like that. But ideally, you know, it's if, if the description is offered. Well, I nice started watching, I watched the first episode of that years ago with an ex-boyfriend who was not the best at describing. So I got through first episode being totally lost. And so I just didn't get excited to want to keep watching and I never did. So I never have watched those shows, but there's always audio description and your idea for Wikipedia. So I, one of the ones I should catch up on now that I'm obsessed with Downton Abbey because <laughs> he found that with descriptive. So, but yeah, so that's great that, that, that it has that. So um, the reason I bring it up is that it is the bird box challenge was hashtag and um, blindness people uh, groups were disgusted that now it's <laughs> kids would watch that movie and let's blindfold ourselves and cross the street. I don't know. Yeah, so I how, think it was I don't on know how prevalent that was, but well, it's like any how do these things get picked up on social media? It's like any new trend now with social media and the internet is you hear about these things more. It's like in the past, if a movie like this came out, yeah, there'd be like the tiniest small, yeah, a few people in the world would do that, and you know they wouldn't, you wouldn't really hear about it because it's just the media wasn't the it same. Might it might make spread. the nightly news as a, a little story near the end of the pro, uh, the broadcast, but if you're not watching the news, you wouldn't hear it. But I think it was on. On the Wikipedia article for the, <laughs> is the, it in there? The movie, I think um, they said someone in Utah drove, um, yeah, drove a, a car. F- female or something was in a car and drove through a light or something, and yeah, not very bright. So, in one sense, you, you obviously it's it's sort of a negative sort of thing, but on blind people. But at the other, on the other sense, it's just some people out there aren't so bright, and <laughs> it shows more on them than anything. Yeah, but the much, point is, but, well, the movie is, um, yeah, we just. 
if you want to, I could synopsis. Give like a quick synopsis. There, if if you are interested in watching it and you're concerned about spoilers and stuff like that. Well, the know. ending was quite surprising, and I found it quite lovely. Um, but it's funny to see the reaction I have to a movie versus the one my brother ha- has here. Uh, yeah. So basically, it's this writer came. There's a, the writer of the novels, and I kept seeing it because I follow this. Um, so writers, um, they get agents, and they help them sell their books, and then they help them get deals like TV or you know Netflix. So the author, Josh Mallerman, um, he was always into horror, and uh, he started writing these books, and he started doing it manically. He, he actually terms himself a manic artist. Uh, and he came up with this story about, it kind of reminds me of Harry Potter, and again, Anybody who's listening, if you're a college student, university student, you um, were barely born into this century, you may not have even read Harry Potter, but you should. <laughs> so again, I don't want to spoil that, but I don't know if you remember, but it kind of reminds me of the Bogarts, I think it's called, where if, if you look, you see, I think the po- point of it is you, if you look at this entity, you see your worst fears or your saddest moment it, it just makes right you, it conjures up these yeah memories and you lose and your these, mind yeah it takes o- takes you over so you, you can't look so basically like the thing on the news stay in your house <laughs> it sort of works Le- don't leave your house don't cover your windows don't look if so you if we were outside. in this if we were in this situation mm-hmm. um, depicted in the movie we can't i mean i guess we can still technically look. well it made me wonder if you're totally blind you can't see it but if say i look what I see it, I, I see a little bit. You, you see light. Yeah, perception. I see light. So maybe if I still looked into it, it could still take over the mind. You I never. Guess. I don't quite know how that would work. Obviously, this is I'd sort like of to a ask fictitious... the author what he would think about yeah. actual blind people because he didn't really focus on that. There were blind people in the movie um, at a few little points, but that wasn't the main point. So Sandra Bullock has to get these herself and these two little children down a river to safety, and uh, they have to wear blindfolds so that they don't see these things. And again, that just sort of brings up shows the situations when they're when they're driving to the to the grocery store to stock up on things and they're doing this all in blindfolds and that's It's great with, you know, Jeep uh, Yeah, they're like how are you going to find your way? Oh, we have GPS, right? Super. Where and then you just drive over these things you don't want to know what you're driving over and it tells you when to turn and oh, that's safe. Yeah. That's all that, why aren't blind people driving already? If that's all it takes. It's a sort of a dream of ours that all we would need is GPS and just turn when it says turn, but it's not quite that simple. But it kind of made it a fun watch in that way. But again, I was creeped out. Um, it wasn't quite so nice to, to, to the issue of mental illness, in my opinion, but it's a horror movie and that's just the way it is. Um, if you want to learn more about the author, uh, he didn't really have much to do with the movie, he said. He sort of let the agent sell it and just for one of his first books turned into a movie. He just sort of let it go and was happy with how they how they took it forward. But um, there's a really interesting... Uh, so apparently he's in a band. I don't think it's your kind of music, Bri. It's not really mine from what I heard. Um, oh, called, the author is? Yeah, called The High Strung. <laughs> hmm. So partially he tours in this band and writes music and songs, lyrics. Other times he, he in his, you know, touring hours when he's driving to another gig or in between he'll just be you know pumping out these novels he's got dozens i think already um but anyway there's an interesting documentary on youtube called quilt of delirium 
and uh, it sort of just explains him and what he's what his mind is like and how, you know what he's been up to and interesting interesting guy as far as writers go but the movie in itself is interesting with the blindfold sort of thing and yeah and i mean that's always a discussion that we've talked about it we talked about it briefly last week i think where Mm -hmm. it's the whole idea of someone who's sighted wearing a blindfold to see what it's like to be blind and i mean in this case it wasn't the reason that they had the blindfold that's not the point of the movie yeah it's not the point of the movie but it's scary for them to think i mean it's scary for them to not want to see the creature the things but it's also scary for them to think i can't see what i'm doing i have to put this blindfold on and i and they find they make you know, they figure out ways. They do these things that I guess blind people would do. They learn how to use their ears and echo. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> yeah. They were talking about. I think it was hitting two rocks together. If you're in a small space, it it doesn't sound as it doesn't mm-hmm. like bounce off things the same way as if you're in a larger space. Like, just they were using <clears> a, <throat> like a stick or some sort of long thing as a, sort of a cane. But it's like all of a sudden there's a scene where they have to run, and you know that would be scary. It is scary the idea of just running if you can't see where you're going. Uh, so things like that. But it's like, don't take off your blindfold. It's just so serious and scary. <laughs> but yeah, it's the whole thing is like wearing a blindfold will not give you a, you know, that great of an idea what it's like to be blind. You'd have to live your life like that for weeks or months to really understand. Try to do all the things, even the idea of eating a meal for someone sighted without being able to see what they're doing. Sort of the whole dining in the dark thing. <laughs> So yeah, I didn't. I don't know if you wanted to quickly touch on like the very ending of the movie that you thought was. Well, again, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Well, just just, it, just say it's a spoil if if someone yeah, is afraid of that. To shut it off. It's not really. I didn't think the that thing was that. I mean, maybe <laughs> for us it was or you it was because I mean it, it it came by surprise to me too. Mm-hmm. So part of it is bird box is these birds birds are able to detect um, these creatures so they will chirp and let you know when they're near, kind of. I always do these references, kind of like the the swords that glow blue in Lord of the Rings when orcs are near. So it's kind of cool. These authors take elements of sort of the same kind of horror genre and these, you know, supernatural elements. And and sometimes I wish I could write like that, but it's not really my style. But yeah, so the birds will tell you. So these kids and this woman, everyone else sort of doesn't make it. And apparently these the people breaking out of the mental institution are, are are not afraid to look and it's a thing it's like doesn't really put a good spin on mental illness but anyway they finally make it to safety and they they're supposed to follow the birds and they f- follow the river and make it through all this stuff and they get to where the birds are and it ends up being a school for the blind where sighted and blind people are sort of taking refuge in this school and there's all these you know thousands of birds there and these children, and then finally the children can play and not wear blindfolds all the time because they grew up all their lives having to wear blindfolds and stay indoors and stuff. And They weren't even given names. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was kind of interesting at the very end how they ended up in this school for the blind and mm-hmm. um, that that's kind it's of... It's like nice. It's like finally the blind are kind of, not the heroes, but it's like we're the refuge, we're, we're, we're the safe place and we're the... Our blindness has become a, um, what's the word? Well, a, it's kind a benefit of, y- yeah, we're, it's, we're, we're the safe. And there's some, some integration there where there's sighted people coming in there, but there's all, it's a school for the blind, but you know, we have our sort of own sort of pros and cons about the school, for, like something being yeah. a school for the blind where it's sort of separating us, but that's, that's a whole other in this, show. In this episode, it brings but, uh, people together and it brings them to safety. And I don't know how it goes from there, but it was nice. 
Anyway, so that's the end for January, I guess. And I'm glad we got to it this time because I talked about it last time. Yeah, we got to it. I got to watch it. So we're both on the same page. And we are on Twitter at OutlookCFB. And we will be back in February. Yeah, see you next month. Yep.